welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. So I can remember when I was little, I started thinking about my grandmothers and uh, came to this conclusion. They had witnessed firsthand a lot of advancements in technology. Uh, For instance, I can still remember that at my grandmother's house, we watched TV in black and white. Okay, some of y'all don't even know what that is. Uh, And when you wanted to change the channel, you had to actually get up off the sofa, go completely across the room to this device that was about as big as all these speakers, and physically turn the channel yourself. And there were only three channels. Right? So they they saw some significant changes in technology. I I thought about this. They, They witnessed the first space travel. Think about that. That's pretty, man, that's mind-boggling. They, they, they watched all these changes and adjustments in transportation systems. It, it's mind-boggling to think about. And then I started thinking, you know what? I'm not as old as my grandmothers were when I remember all this. But even on the short amount of time that I have been on planet Earth, uh, we have witnessed some unbelievable advancements in technology. For instance... I can still remember my first computer. My first computer was monochrome. Y'all don't even know what, some of y'all don't even know what that means, but when you looked at the screen, it was only like orange letters. That's it. And then later we really got advanced. Then there were green letters. And, but now we see it in vivid color, the changes. I I can still remember on my first computer, this, this will blow your mind. We were so incredibly impressed because my first computer had a 20 megabyte hard drive. 20 megabytes, and, and now you have terabytes on your phone. We had 20 megabytes, unbelievable. And, and not only that, to, to be able to deal with your computer, I can still vividly remember this. I had to get up from the table, walk over to the phone, pick it up, dial, dial it, and then I moved as far away as the cord would allow me, and I sat down in front of my computer and talked to a guy that helped me program my computer because he knew DOS, like C colon backslash backslash scan this copy backslash forward slash asterisk hyphenated turn the power on whatever. And now we have like user-friendly interfaces that we can like Windows or some of y'all crazy people on the dark side, Mac. That uh, <laughs> and it becomes easy. These room-sized computers have now shrunk down to iPad size and iWatch size. It's unbelievable. And the internet, the internet causes all this massive amount of information to be at our beck and call. We can Google anything. 
We can find out any information we need. We don't have to even go to the library anymore. You don't even have to pick up, pick up a book. You know, a book is one of those things that's got white pages and there's print on it and you actually flip them like this and, and then they, we, don't even, we don't even have to do that anymore. And then, then MySpace transcended and it became Facebook. Uh, any MySpace users in the house? They used their MySpace? Okay. And now Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat. So that now it results in this. Now on average, most of us spend at least two hours a day of screen time. In fact, did you know, some of y'all don't even know this, your device will track how much screen time you spend, and it will give you a report. You need to look at it sometimes. It might freak you out how much screen time. See, somebody's calling me right now. So... Um, <laughs> I don't know who that is, or I'd be mean. I'd answer and say, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and, and the average American, uh, 25, just a little over 25% of Americans say that now they are constantly online. Constantly. And it also, we've discovered that uh, for our young people, nine hours a day of internet and device usage on average so all of that has resulted in this. When I was growing up, there was this concept that was uh, propagated out there, and we all, we all believe it was true. It was called the six degrees of separation. You remember that? That's a concept that was propagated. It was this. If there's a person out there, mention any person in the world that you want to meet, you are only six people away. Everybody had six steps of, of separation. I, I could contact this person and chase down all their contacts and then ultimately this person and to this person and I would finally arrive at the person I wanted to meet through six contacts. And because of technology, it's now said that it's four degrees of separation. So technology has expanded our world while at the same time it continues to shrink it down. So my question is why is technology so important and why has it uh, expanded so much and why is it so prevalent? And what I want to submit to you is that all of the electronics, all of the apps, all of the devices that we have, they continue to come out for one, I believe, one purpose and with one promise and that is, is that those things will help us connect connect. So why is connection key? Why, why is it that our world has become so intent upon drawing these lines of connection and shortening our distance between each other through information and technology? Why? Why is that so important? I think all you got to do is you got to just go back to the beginning and the beginning tells us why. In Genesis chapter 2, uh, in Genesis chapter 2, God has uh, created uh, this place called the Garden of Eden, and, and he has uh, already uh, created the heaven and the earth, and the light and the dark, and the plants, and, and then he creates man, and then he creates animals, and all that's taken place. By the time you get to the verse I'm going to read to you, all of that's taken place, and man is in the garden, and he's named all the animals, and all of a sudden, after God has said, Everything is good. For the first time in creation, God says something's bad. Something's wrong. It's Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. It says this, God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I'll make him a helper, a companion. So what I want to submit to you this morning is the reason that we are so into our technology and the reason that we continue to look to these electronic gadgets that we, is because we are created for connection. It's designed in us. 
We were designed from the beginning to, to, to connect, and God realizes that, that we have a need for connection. In fact, think about the, 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 the atmosphere, the environment that Adam finds himself in. He is in paradise. He's not at the beach because there are flaws at the beach. It's called sand. He, he's not in the mountains because there are flaws in the mountains like wild animals that will eat you in your sleep at night when you don't know they're there. They're, so that's not paradise. He, he literally creates paradise. There's no pain. There's no problem. There's no dilemma. There's no issue. But God recognizes this truth and he says this. It's not paradise if you don't have a partner. We were created to connect it is innate with us. We cannot escape it. It is in our DNA. Connection is at our core. Without connection, there is a void inside of us. And here's the thing is, here's the thing about that void. Without connection, we, since we are designed for connection, if we don't feel connected, we will do everything in our ability and power to fill that void. And that's where the problem comes. For most of us, that exhibits itself in our use of technology we are simply trying to connect i want us to go back though i i read to you genesis chapter 2 because uh, it shows that we're designed for connection but then i think in genesis chapter 3 god gives us a clue a glimpse of why we're trying and with whom we are trying to connect because in genesis chapter 3 this is after eve has taken the fruit off the tree and eaten of it and given it to Adam and there's sin that has come into the garden. And in, in Genesis chapter 3, I want you to see what happens. Genesis chapter 3, here's the clue. The, the, this is the real answer to our quest for connection. It's found in Genesis 3 verses 8 and 9. Then they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? A gap has come into place. God created man and woman, yes, to connect with one another, but ultimately he designed us to connect with him. To spend time in the garden, in time in an environment, time set aside to spend time with him, to intimately know him, to, to get to experience him. See, I, I just want to submit to you this morning that the greatest fallout in the garden was not the loss of paradise. See, we want to go around, we, talk, we, we start talking, if we're, if we're really honest, we'll, sometimes you sit around and talk, well, if Adam and Eve had messed it up, we would all, now the guys say if Eve hadn't messed it up, and then the women say, well, yeah, but where was the man? So, so uh, but we, we have these conversations. If, if they hadn't messed it up, we would still be in paradise. But can I tell you this morning that the greatest fallout, the most significant fallout in the garden was not the loss of paradise. It was the loss of connection with our Father. Our infractions, the, the, the infraction cost us intimacy with him the dues of sin was distance so that now when God enters the garden like he was apt to do every day they hide themselves from God they separate themselves from God they disconnect from God that is the greatest fallout 
a gap was produced. And since we're designed for connection, the result is that a lack of connection with the one with whom we were designed to connect to leads us down the same slope that Eve went down. I want you to see this because our enemy, he's an old dog. He doesn't have any new tricks. It's the same exact slope. He takes us the same exact path that Eve walked down, even in this day. Because since we were designed for connection, when we don't connect with him, we slide down this slope. The first one is this. Eve is alone when she's not supposed to be. And out of her, her, her lack of connectedness leads to corruption. I want you to notice that perfection in, in, in this environment called the Garden of Eden, connection is traded in for the promise of knowledge. If we know more, if we know more, we'll be closer to God. I said it like this in, in the decade series. I think it's probably appropriate and applicable to say it again here, and that is this, is that knowledge can be a false indicator of intimacy. Just knowing more doesn't cause you to be closer to God. In fact, I want to I say it like this to make sure that we understand that we have more access to information and knowledge right now in history than any other time in history. We've got more history at demand, more knowledge at demand, more science at our demand. We know more now than we've ever known. And yet, we may be as far separated from God as we've ever been. I want you to hear me this morning. I am not saying that knowledge is bad. But what I am saying is this. Knowledge is not God. We were designed for connection. If you know him less but you know more, then is it worth it? See, Eve shows us that the lack of connection leads to corruption and, that, and then that leads to separation. We should know that because in Isaiah, it tells us in chapter 59, verse 2, it says this, But your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden His face from you so that He will not hear. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the writer tells us, For the wages of sin is death. He's talking about the fact that corruption, the corruption, because we're not as connected, as tight as we should be, we were designed for this connection. And when we don't tap into that connection, it separates us and it leads us into corruption. But then out of corruption... The next step on the path is this. Because Eve buys a lie that instead of experiencing the genuine connection that she was designed for. She, didn't, she had access. Do you rec- I need you to see it. She had access. That Genesis chapter 3. God would come and walk in the garden. And Adam and Eve had the access, the, 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 the privilege of spending time with him and walking with him and communicating with him and becoming intimate with him and know, knowing him. And instead, because of corruption, Eve settles for and opts for a counterfeit. Corruption leads us to accepting counterfeits. Uh, the, the, the shiny one. You say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about that scripture says that in the garden when she saw the fruit, the Bible says it like this. It looked good. One version says it was appealing to the eyes. The shiny one. So, so isn't that, isn't that what all this is about? Isn't that what all, all this screen time is about? It's the shiny. It's alluring to our eyes. 
It attracts our attention. Like I can't go through the day and, I, and I'll be doing something and notifications pop up on my phone and I got to stop what I'm doing and check out the notifications because I got to know because it's alluring, it's shiny. Like the worst situation in life is in your email box when there's that little envelope that's not open because that means I got a message in there and I got like I got to check it like now. We have to learn to fight the flash. It is a counterfeit. Let me see if I can help you this morning. Let me prove to you it's a counterfeit because, see, some of y'all got like thousands of friends on Facebook. But it's a counterfeit. It's not real. So how do you know it's real? Because if you, if you blew out your tire on the road at 2 a.m. In, in the morning out on a country road in the middle of nowhere, how many of those friends could you contact and say, get up out of bed and come and meet me out 62 miles northwest of Oklahoma City in the middle of nowhere and help me take off my tire because I need your help? None of them. None of them. Some of y'all need to go check your friend list because you got nobody. You got thousands of followers, thousands of friends but you've got nobody that you can share your soul with. It's counterfeit. See, tech is supposed to keep us connected. It's supposed to keep us on track. It's supposed to keep us scheduled. But it's all counterfeit. Because we get so wrapped up in the tech that we, this, this, these devices that are supposed to to, to help us organize, we're so organized, we're unorganized. We can't even, we can't even breathe. I, 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 I'm so overwhelmed. I, in fact, let me check my calendar right now because I think probably tomorrow I got a lot to do. Let me check here real quick just want to make sure because, see, I'm, I'm supposed to be in here worshiping, but instead, oh, man, Monday is busy. That's a really good song, by the way. I enjoyed that song, but, boy, Monday. I got, I got Monday, man, man, Monday. Oh, wait, that got moved to Tuesday. Man, the Holy Spirit's moving up in here, but I don't have time for that because right now I need to schedule my Wednesday, and it's all counterfeit, and it's distracting, and it pulls our attention away from what really matters and it doesn't satisfy. It's a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit. We're, we're, we're so wrapped up in our tech. And let me stop right here. I want to stop. I've got a lot to, to tell you, but I need to stop right here and say, I'm not one of these old, y'all remember, some of y'all are old enough to remember, those old preachers that used to get up and rail against TV, but they didn't have one. All right, that's not me. All right, I got tech. I got me some tech. All right, I got me a, I got me an iPhone. I got me an iPad. I actually have two iPads. One I don't use anymore. I got a really nice computer. I got some tech. I got a smart TV. I didn't know that our old TVs were dumb, but apparently they are. I got a smart TV. So I'm not railing, but I'm just saying that we're so wrapped up in all of this that now we don't even have the time or the ability to stop and walk with him in the garden for one hour because during the one hour, man, one hour. I mean, like. Dude, I got stuff to do. I mean, look at my, would you look at that, look at my Thursday. So I, 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 can't, I can't worship on Sunday because I got, man, my Friday, I got like three things on Friday that I got to do. And, and, uh, and it keeps us from being able to connect. It's a counterfeit. It's been proven that, uh, check this out. If you do drugs or you go drink alcohol, or you go smoke a cigarette. When you do that, it releases a chemical in your body called dopamine. 
That's a good name for it, by the way. <laughs> dopamine. It's a momentary feeling of satisfaction. But did you know that scientifically they've proven that when you get a like on your social media, it releases a shot of dopamine. Some of y'all are like freaking out right now. You're like, man, I got 92 posts I got to put on Facebook this afternoon because I'm just praying somebody will like it. Because if they like it, it makes me feel good. Just instant, an instantaneous gratification. Just for a moment, I feel good. It's the, they've proven it's the same exact reaction you get when you do drugs. That's why some people get mad when you don't like their stuff. They don't really care whether you like their stuff or not. They, just, they will unfriend you if you don't push like on their stuff. After they've, after they, well, I got people that fill up my Facebook news feed. It's one post after the other. After the other. You really got that much to say? You ought to write a book. Come, you, you, post after post after post. I don't even know how they do life. I don't know how they're working. I don't know how they're taking care of their kids. I don't even know how they eat. It's like post after post after post after post after post. All digging for one thing. Dopamine. They need a fix. Okay. Uh, they're addicts. So this is what happens. We have come to this place where we are settling for momentary shots of dopamine to feel the void of the connection that we were designed for. There's a reason we do that, but I just want to tell you this morning that instead of pressing into meaningful encounters with God, we settle for our fix. We got to learn to fight the flash because it will never satisfy. The third thing that happens is this, is that Eve, she, um, she experiences corruption and then she settles for this, this counterfeit. And then we discover that it, that leads to casualties. In the garden, her decision to settle for a, ca- a counterfeit leads to separation. They hear God and they hide. It leads to division. It leads to sickness. It leads to labor. It leads, leads to pain. And ultimately, it leads to death. Can I submit to you this morning that we are so wrapped up in our apps that not only does it corrupt us and not only does it cause us to settle for counterfeits, but it also produces the same casualty list in our life on a daily basis. It, it causes us to separate from reality. It causes, because y'all just, y'all, y'all know we're just playing like highlight reels, right? Not everybody's life is as good as it looks online. We're just putting our best foot forward and, and playing games. It's a fantasy. It separates us. It separates us from God. It separates for, us from one another. We'll talk more about that next week. It causes division. Because how many of y'all have seen on Facebook that, that meme that says, uh, I've never seen Facebook cause people to, uh, uh, the lame to walk, but I've seen it cause the dumb to talk. Yeah. And we want to argue life issues on the screens, and we don't really even have any connection to be able to talk about that de- depth. We've never even really had a meaningful one-on-one face-to-face conversation, but we want to talk about life and politics and, and our belief systems. And, and, and then we wonder why it divides us. It's casualties. 
causes pain. It causes sickness. Did you know uh, there was a, a report not too long ago of a, a 31-year-old guy. Uh, th- there was this technology that had come out. They've recently taken it off the market because they're redesigning it a little bit. But it was called Google Glass. Google Glass is basically, this is the concept, it's basically your smartphone, but it's clear. And you wear it like you wear glasses. And by touching um, the little piece on the side, you could change screen. So you're watching, you're, you're, you're experiencing life, but you're looking through this device. He had to go in and seek medical treatment for this. This cracks me up, but I guess it's real. He went in for inter- internet addiction disorder. Because... He wore it all day long, 18 hours a day. So he realized something was wrong, and he goes in to see the doctors, and they recognize something wrong because even when he's not wearing the device, he starts doing this all the time. Doesn't have it on. What in the world? And while he was asleep, he dreamed that he was viewing the world through his device while he was asleep. He needed help. We go, good gracious, what a weirdo, man. That dude's a loser. Like, he must live in his mom's basement. That guy is a loser, right? Except for how many of you are experiencing this? Because I have. It's called phantom vibration syndrome. See, I'm old school. I got like I still I still wear my phone. I know it's not cool. I'm not big, I'm not cool in school. But I actually wear my phone on my hip. Still, I can't get over. Some of y'all put them in your skinny jeans, and then you break your screen nine times a month because you sit down on them, forget them. But but how many of you would be honest enough to admit that you experience phantom vibration syndrome? That's like you don't even you you, you know your phone is vibrating, so you pick it up and look at it, and there's nothing there. There's no notification. There's no text message. Nobody. Calls called me but I'm sure that it vibrated so I put it back in place and it does and I've even I've had it so bad that I put I will have forgotten that I took my phone off and laid it down and I'm in the other room and all of a sudden my, my leg will vibrate and I'll be like well uh, where, oh I don't even have it on Any, am I the only one uh, it creates sickness in our bodies being overly connected can cause psychological issues such as distraction narcissism it can cost you expectation of uh, instant gratification and even depression but besides that here not only will it affect your mental health it's also been proven that it can cause uh, physical health issues like these vision problems hearing loss neck pain because you're always like this Physical pain is just one facet, though, and we're not going to d- dive deep in this, but I want you to understand that the same technology that can cause you physical pain can cause you relational pain. We'll deal with that next week. But it, and it can also cause you spiritual pain because you were designed to connect with God, but we can't. So all of this to say that it is absolutely essential and necessary for us to disconnect, to connect. I'll come back to this in a moment, but let me just say this to you. I recognize, I'm not naive. Uh, I read an article this week that says that because companies have figured out that uh, we are so connected, they're playing into that so that now they've got us so tied into technology that it will probably be impossible to disconnect completely. 
because your only option to pay some bills will be online and, and your only possibility of getting certain discounts will be online and they, they understand. They've got us. I just want to say to you this morning though, we are designed for connection and we will connect with something. So it is incredibly important that we disconnect long enough to connect to what really matters. So here's why we settle. We come out of corruption and lack of connectedness. We move into counterfeits. It ultimately leads into casualties. But the reason we settle for counterfeits is this. Connection costs. In order to connect with God, you will have to get your head out of your app. Got to. I want to say it like this. I, I need you to catch this. In order to obtain, you will have to abstain. There's no other way around it. We have become so addicted to our technology that we have to fight to fast. Now, Listen, a lot of churches just came out of 21 days fasting. I don't know that we've ever called a 21-day fast corporately here, mainly because your pastor likes to eat. Um, but I believe that it is absolutely essential that we intentionally and purposely separate ourselves from the substitutes. If we're going to connect with the one to whom we are designed to connect to, it will cost us. See, I, I want to say it like this. I believe, I'm going to put it in Steve's paraphrase. Genesis says that in the cool of the evening, God would come and walk through the garden. So let me put it in Steve's terminology. In the quiet of the day. I think God is still showing up. I think God's presence is still here. I think God's still seeking and longing for the intimacy and the knowledge of us and wants to spend time with us in the quiet of the day. The problem is, is there's no quiet. There's no time of separation. There's no moment that we're not connected. And so what we do is we hide We literally hide behind our technology. So when God begins to call our name, it's like he said, he said, at a distance. It's like trying to hear somebody from a long ways off and it's like, like there's a fog separating us. It's, so Jesus looks at his disciples in the garden and he asks them to pray. And they couldn't pray one hour. And he comes to them and said, could you not tell you one hour? And now, we can't go 30 seconds. Because of the flash. Hang on, I'm checking my notifications. <laughs> cool. We can't stay focused. 
And he walks in in the quiet. And he says, Steve, I want to know you. And I'm like, hang on, i got to do a Facebook post. Oh, by the way, your phone will tell you how long you've been on your screen every day. And we're distracted. I know what I'm sounding, what I'm saying sounds easy. But it's not. You will have to intentionally, on purpose, separate yourself. Why? Because you're high on dopamine. I'm talking about putting technology down, and some of you are already starting to get the shakes. Gotta get my fix, man. I got posts to make this afternoon. share a secret with you. I want to show you something your phone will do. This is, real, this is revolutionary. Check this out. You can turn it off. I had somebody come to me at first service and say they didn't know how. They literally did not know how to turn their phone off. And then we wonder why we don't know how to connect with him. Listen, I just want to tell you this morning. This will never satisfy. That's why Jesus walks to the well. There's a woman there. And he says, would you give me a drink? And she says, you don't have a bucket. And he said, listen, if you know who you were talking to, I could give you water. Hang on, Jesus. I got a Twitter account I need to watch. That's just dopamine. It'll fade rapidly. But Jesus says, listen, if you get the water I have from you, for you, you will never thirst again. The only thing that can satisfy the void in our life, the thing that we were designed for, you will never be able to fill it with Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, or any other app in your whole life. The only thing that will fill that void is the one thing that was supposed to go there, intimacy with our Father. So I'm calling you to a fast this week one hour a day because I know some of us are bad like some of us are really bad I mean we're, we're, we're freaking out so for one hour a day I'm asking you to take your phone and actually turn it off for one hour take your eye watch off and put it aside turn your smart TV off Here's the caveat. Sleep time doesn't count. Nothing counts. No, the the hour doesn't count if there's anything else to distract you. Because I know how some of us are. We just substitute one counterfeit for another. And I'm going to do something. And I'm not talking about legalism where we watch one eye open on the clock to make sure we got our hour in. Oh, got my hour in. Check it off the list. Woo-hoo-hoo. Now I can send my Facebook post out that I just spent an hour without my technology. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about finding one hour, turn it all off, get quiet long enough to hear this voice crying. Is that you? Where are you? I've been looking for you. I've been wanting to talk to you. 
I've been wanting to spend time. I've got life for you. I've got destiny for you. One hour. Fight the flash. So this is what I want us to do. We're going we're gonna to practice. Everybody get your phones out. Come on, get your phones out. Okay. All right, get them out. Let me see them. Hold them up. I want to see them. See them. All right. All right. See, I, I, which one you got? You got like computer size one. What in the world? <laughs> he's wearing, he's, he's, he's got iPad for a phone. Okay, so let me get mine turned back on so we can do this together. I want you, all right, I want you to, uh, however this works, if you don't know how to do this, ask your 12-year-old. All right, here you go. Um, I want you to, let's all together real quick. I know it's going to, I know it's hard. I start to shake. Just hang in there. Turn it off real quick. Turn them off. Turn them off. Turn them off. Okay, show them to me again. They got to be off. Don't lie to me now. Put, push the little button so I can see it going off. All right. I, all right, now I want you to set them down. Set them down. Whew, got the sweats, man. Whew, 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 heavy breathing. I, whew, I, need, I need some dopamine, man. You got to fix it. I got to have some dopamine. For the next few minutes. Just for the next few minutes. Let's go without dopamine for just the next few minutes. Because you might miss the dopamine. But maybe you'll encounter the Holy Ghost. Some of y'all stood right in this same room just a few minutes ago and they sung their guts out, anointed, I can feel the presence of God, and you didn't enjoy one bit of it because you were too busy texting, checking your doorbell. Some of y'all got those fancy video ones. You can watch people stealing your packages after I spoke about stolen. Freaked you out. So now every day, 24-hour day to work. Well, you're at work. You can't even do work because you're checking it out, seeing who's on your porch. Oh, wait a minute. My vacuum cleaner. I got to schedule that one because, you know, it's like those little computer ones. I need them to clean up my living room real quick. just for a few minutes could, could we just spend just a few minutes and connect with our father who alone can satisfy with your phones off know you. Maybe you need to push them down the Julie's going to start singing. I want you just to spend just, we're not going to, we're not going to drag this out because but for, for just the, for a few minutes as a precursor for what we're going to do this week, one hour a day for one week we're going to try to connect with him. But this morning would you connect with him for just a few moments with no distractions.
Father, this morning we repent. We have allowed what should be nothing more than a tool to become an idol. This tool promises so many things to us. It promises us connection. It promises us relationship. It promises us organization, but it steals our soul. This morning, Father, I pray that as we make a commitment with you and to one another, I pray that over the course of the next seven days, as we intentionally fight the flesh, we, we, we lay these things down, we put them aside, I pray that we would rediscover that you still walk and call for us. And that when we answer that call, our soul is satisfied. Father, I wish I could believe that it would be easy for us this week, but for many of us, we're so wrapped up in all of the technology that it's going to be a fight and there's going to be some pain involved, but we also know that connection costs. And so I pray that we would intentionally, as the deer, pants for the water. My soul will long after you. And short bursts of dopamine will never replace the great satisfaction I get to hear you say my name and to see you respond when I say yours. And so I pray that over the course of this week as we lay down technology for one hour a day, I pray you'd give us the fortitude first that we would have the guts and the strength necessary to do it because I know what's going to happen. When I lay it down, somebody's going to call and somebody's going to text and my inbox is going to fill up. And my notifications are going to go crazy. My phone's going to blow up. But I pray that you give me the fortitude to reach over and use my thumb and turn that joker off so that I can hear you. So that I can hear you. I pray you give us the fortitude. I pray that you would give us the stamina to do this. I pray that, that even though most likely we're going to go through some withdrawals, I pray that we would get a taste of what life could be like when we're connected to you and how good it is to spend time unobstructed and undistracted and unencumbered with you. And I pray that we would taste and see through one hour that we would taste and see that the Lord is good and that you satisfy our soul. I pray today that when we come back next week, we will have disconnected enough that we will be able to worship you at a new level of depth. That what we do all week would lead up to a moment of encounter with you on Sunday when we come together with no distractions. 
I ask you to help us to accomplish this so that we'll know you better. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. Would you touch your neighbor right now and say, get your head out of your app. Come on, tell them. Get your head out of your app. Amen. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.